Hi, my name's Taylor Chapman, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Let's actually jump right on in there, and let's see what God has in store for you with today's message. Um, David becomes the greatest king that Israel ever knew, but something happened in David's life at a young age that caused him to operate a little bit differently. His normal was not everyone else's normal. And I was actually talking about this a few weeks ago with Kerwin we in, in the back room before service came out, and I said, growing up, my normal wasn't the same as everybody else's normal. And my normal was I would come home from school and my mom would be on the piano worshiping God. That was normal. I would come home from school and my dad would be yelling at his computer screen, preaching at it because he was writing sermons for the next time. That was normal. And in my circle of church life, normal was very normal. It was spiritual. It was godliness. It was having a relationship with God. It was very normal. And it wasn't until I was older that I realized that my normal and everybody else's normal weren't the same two normals. Does that make sense? Like my normal, when I got around my church family, I got around my own family, it was normal to be normal. When I got around everyone else, I saw their dysfunction was their normal. And that wasn't my normal. Have you ever been around people like that? Um, my parents showed me from a young age, um, they are here so they can testify to this, that uh, they told me from the time I was born, you're set apart. You're normal. Who you are is always going to be different than everybody else. You will never be like everybody else. And if you are like everybody else, you're not going to be a part of this family. So you won't be like everybody else. We're going to kick you out. I brought you, okay, you know the story. I brought you in. I can take you out. But it also says, train up a child in the ways of the Lord. And my parents kind of added a little caveat to that. Make them so scared that they can't leave the house. <laughs> so they brought up a child in the ways of the Lord. And my normal was very different than what everyone else's normal was. And we talked a little bit about this in one of our earlier series that living a normal life is beneficial to your calling, not just something that needs to get done. Whenever you are living the normal Christian life, that is normal and everything else is dysfunctional. I would imagine for many of you, when you gave your life to Jesus, you began to realize that you too were set apart that you, you may not have understood the fullness of what was going on, but there was something on the inside of you that caused, to begin to, that caused you to begin to think a little bit differently than what you thought before. The, the things that you thought about just came from a different place. The things that you said before you were saved and after you were saved, something on the inside of you was just a little different. Can anybody testify to that or am I the only one? Yeah? Okay. When we look at the life of David, and we're going to get more into it, I, I think he felt the same way that I did growing up, and I think he felt the same way that many of you did once you gave your life to Jesus. I gave my life to God like at what? I was at four, and I knew what it meant, and I'm speaking in tongues like at five or six. Or, like, like I, I've been in this journey a long time, and so I've always lived this way, but whenever we look at the life of David, let's look in your notes here, and Adrienne's going to read Psalms chapter four, verse three. Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant, David, 
So David is set apart to be the future king of Israel. He is between the ages of 10 and 13 years old when something happens in his life. And that's going to get us to what we're going to talk about today. Let's look at 1 Samuel 16 and let's find out what happened to David at an early age. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If, Saul's, if Saul hears it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. And invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. Okay, watch this. And you shall anoint for me him whom I declare to you. Circle that word anoint in your outline. We're going to hone in on that word and to understand the reason why David could do what he could do was because he was anointed. And I'm here to tell you this morning, you fit the exact same mold as David. You are anointed, and I want to show you how. The anointing of God means something significant for born-again believers. In your notes, let's write this down. The answers are going to be on the screen in front of you. The word anoint means to smear or rub with oil. The word anoint means to smear or rub with oil. When you see the term anointing in the Bible, it usually means that they were taking an oil in a horn and pouring it over someone's head. And that horn would look like, uh, it's not the image. Can you put the, the other slide up real quick? The horn that they would pick up, just a normal slide. The, the horn that they would pick up is what that would look like in the top left, and there would be anointing oil coming out of it. That is how they would anoint someone. And what they would do in the Old Testament is they would take the horn of oil, and they would place it upon your life and pour it out on you, and that meant that you were set apart to do something for God. But they would also take inanimate objects, and they would take those things and anoint them to say, this is set apart for the grace of God. You can anoint your phone because some of you have been diddle down around on something where God's not invited into. Whenever you have an object, you anoint that object, and that object is supposed to be set apart for the use of God. Uh, very often, olive oil would be used to anoint people as the high priest, and, the high, and, and this anointing process would bring about a big word called sanctification. Everybody ever heard that word, sanctification? Sanctification just means there's a cleansing process. This sounds funny to me. I don't know why. Does it sound funny? Yeah. Uh, Bobby? This, this sound changed a while ago, and it sounds funny now. Uh, when you are an anoint, whenever you are anointed, there is favor upon your life. Things just work out for your benefit. Things just seem to operate more smoothly for you. It doesn't mean obstacles don't come. It just means when you're going through the obstacle, you have the favor of the Lord upon you, and you look at the obstacle instead of a, as a problem, as an opportunity. In your notes, look at the green ink in the middle. With favor comes responsibility. People often think, if the favor of God is upon me, I don't have to do anything. That is not the case at all. When the favor of the Lord is upon you, you have to do more and walk in a greater level of skill than you would have if the favor of God was not on you. In your notes, let's fill out some blanks. Let me show you what the anointing is when favor is upon your life. Fill this out. The anointing is a powerful presence of God that equips you, empowers you, and enables you to do everything that God has called you to do. 
The anointing is what sets you apart as a believer. The anointing is what separates your business apart from other businesses who are operating in the same capacity, doing the same thing. If the anointing of God is upon your life, your business will thrive when everybody else's does not. The anointing will give you favor when you walk into a meeting and you don't understand what's going on and you begin to speak and things begin to change. It is because the anointing of God is upon your life. The anointing will give you wisdom whenever you need it. The anointing will cause you to thrive in times when everybody else is not. The anointing is the difference maker for the believer who walks in the favor of God. I heard my aunt say a sermon, uh, preach a sermon a few weeks ago, and she said, whenever I'm looking at my finances, there's not an anointing favor button on the calculator. I just have to know it's there. Whenever you're anointed, there is a supernatural aspect of God's power that works in your life that turns whatever you're looking at into something where his hand is upon. I'm not even excited yet. I'm starting to sweat though. Why didn't we turn those air conditioners? It's nice outside. We can turn those air conditioners down. Uh, we read just a moment ago in 1 Samuel God sent Samuel to find Jesse to anoint one of his children to be the next king of Israel. In the Old Testament, they would anoint to be set apart. In the New Testament, they would still anoint, but we have a whole new aspect of what the anointing looks like. In the New Testament, every believer is anointed by the Holy Spirit. Let me show you this. Let's read in 1 John chapter 2 in your notes. But you have been anointed by the Holy One Spirit. Oh, okay. So the Bible says you've been anointed by the Holy Spirit. When you are anointed by the Holy Spirit, you walk with a different mindset of who you are. When you are anointed as a born-again believer, you no longer operate the same way that everyone else operates. You are set apart. Going back to what I spoke on at the beginning, my normal was not the same normal as everyone else's. Why? Because I'm anointed and set apart for a different assignment that's upon my life. You live your life walking in the mindset of the anointed one. The favor of God is upon your life. You better believe when my wife goes shopping who just walked out of the room because she can feel the guilt rising up in the air. Whenever she goes shopping, she comes back into the house and she comes with bags of clothes. And I look at her and she says, I walk in the favor, leave me alone. It's been a good day. And what happens is everywhere you go, when you're anointed, it affects everything your hand touches. You can say when you go into the parking lot, when you go into the store, when you go into your business, when you go to your family, everywhere, if you're anointed by God, you allow it to access every single part of your life. If you choose to walk in it, that's up to you. Okay, we're, we're, we're just getting some grease here, Debbie. We're skidding some grease. This, this series, you're, you're not going to want to miss a single one. I've, t I've already written the first four of them. I'm already excited about week three and four. Uh, whenever you are anointed, it causes you to operate differently than it would if you were not anointed. And so whenever we look at this text in 1 Samuel, it says, and you shall anoint for me him who I declare to you. When we look at the life of David, is who they are talking about, he is anointed. So instead of pulling out these Greek points of the sermon and whatnot, uh, as I was reading the text, I actually heard this first point 10 years ago from a pastor, he preached it, and I got so dadgum excited I've said this thing how many times? A thousand times. And so instead of pulling out like a four-point sermon or whatever, 
I'm going to look at the text of 1 Samuel, and I want to pull out three affirmations that happens in the life of David that applies to us today. Does that make sense? You ever know what an affirmation is? Okay, let's look at number one, the first affirmation when we pull out of this text about David. I'm going to tell it to you, and then we're going to flesh that out. I am anointed, write this down, to accomplish my assignment. I am anointed to accomplish my assignment. Sometimes you got to give yourself a little pep talk. You got to walk into the mirror because you just faced something that you thought was going to take you down. You got to look in that mirror and say, you're anointed to accomplish this assignment. No matter what comes my way, I am anointed to accomplish my assignment that God has upon my life. Jennifer is not here. She's at the hospital right now. Jennifer, I know you're watching. You're anointed to accomplish the assignment with your daughter in that hospital. You will know what to say, when to say, how to say it, because the anointing is the difference maker and whenever you walk in the anointing of what God has for you it doesn't matter what comes your way you are anointed to accomplish your assignment every single one of us have a calling of God upon our lives we have a calling to raise our kids in a godly manner we are called to be a light in a dark place we are called to share our story with to share our story with other people but what happens is when you don't understand that you're anointed you don't understand how you can really operate well I'm here to tell you you are anointed by God you walk in what that anointing looks like. You live in what that anointing looks like. When you are anointed, you close that business deal when the other guy couldn't close it because there's an anointing on your life that gives you the favor of God, that gives you a, a bonus of what happens into anything that you go. God sent Samuel to anoint David. Since I am a citizen of the kingdom and a born-again believer, God sent the Holy Spirit to anoint me to accomplish his plan for my life. So whenever those hard moments come up, when your kids are being unruly, I don't have that problem. I'm anointed to be the best parent I could ever be. You guys are living this defeated life of saying, I just don't know. You walk with favor. You walk with the anointing of God. When my child is far away from God, I don't know. God, I'm anointed for this assignment to raise my children, and they will come back with arms open wide to what I've called them to do. You walk in the anointing and the favor, but are you walking in it? I am telling you, you are anointed to accomplish your assignment. When your in-laws come in from out of town and they be wacky, I'm anointed to not say anything stupid in this time. (laughs) Whenever I am parenting my children, I am anointed for my assignment. When my marriage is on the rocks, I'm anointed for my assignment. That one got quiet. That one must have hit home. In my workplace, I am anointed for my assignment. Say it out loud. Say, I am anointed to accomplish my assignment. Say it again. I am anointed to accomplish my assignment. You're saying it too quiet because you don't believe it. Say it again. I am anointed to accomplish my assignment. The Apostle Paul says in your notes in Galatians chapter 2, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The word Christ is not Jesus' last name. The word Christ, write down in your notes, means anointed one. 
So when we say Christ is in me, you are saying the anointing of God is in you. And because the Spirit of God was sent from heaven to enable me, equip me, and empower me, I have full right and full access to walk in the anointing of my assignment because Christ is in me. Are you not sure that you're anointed? If Christ is in you, is Christ anointed? His name literally means the anointed one. So if Christ is in you, you are anointed. All right. Let's keep reading in 1 Samuel. This is kind of long, so just read the whole thing and we'll all take a nap. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him, trembling, and said, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as a man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then David made Shammah pass by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, there remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, okay, send. follow along, follow along after this mute her mic to see if that helps. Send and get him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. I love how David was not even in the room when Samuel came in. Meaning it doesn't really matter what someone else has said about you. God knows where you're at. There have been people in this room, I'm assuming, and watching online, that have said, I messed up God's plan because of what someone else did to me. Because what someone else said. Do you think you're that powerful to mess up the plan of God? David wasn't even in the room. And God knew exactly where he was at. You don't have the power to mess up God's plan as long as you're going after the Lord. David, David's own father didn't even ask David to be in the room. <laughs> and how would that make you feel? Hey, I got eight kids, but the eighth one I don't really care about. I'm going to let you go out there and take care of the sheep and us seven. The, the anointing, the, the king of Israel, the future king is one of these. It can't be this one. So I'm going to leave him outside of the room. I just finished reading uh, 30 Days of David. It's a Bible plan I have on my app, my Bible app. Um, David slept with someone else's wife, Bathsheba. Went and basically had her husband killed and ended up having five children with Bathsheba. And we know one of those children is Solomon. Um, the wisest person to ever live. And David's mess up, because God's grace is sufficient, God still used David. 
because you are an anointed follower of Christ, God will still use you. Do not look at your life and say, I messed up this thing too bad. God cannot use me. You're not that powerful. You're not that great. As long as you stay in right heart with God, pursuing a relationship with God, everybody messed up. The difference is David didn't allow the trip-ups to stop him for what God had called him to do. Why? Because he was anointed to accomplish the assignment. You are anointed to accomplish your assignment, so don't let your past hold you back from what God's called you to do. In order for David to, 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 to be anointed by Samuel, he had to be in the room where the anointed could manifest. I'm telling you, if you got to get yourself to church to be in the room where the presence of God can manifest in your life, I think it's great that we have thousands of people watch online. We love you. We appreciate you. But get in the room where the presence of God is at. Get in the room where the anointing of God can manifest in your life because David was out tending to the sheep he couldn't have got the anointing that God had for him he had to get in the room where the anointing was present and when he put himself in the position to receive in the room where God was at he was able to be anointed to be the future king of Israel my kids are uh, in kids church some of the times and they're in here some of the times my kid got to be up on stage a while ago doing worship. Why? Set apart. I will do everything I have to do as a father to make sure they stay set apart. And I'm going to blame all of you if something bad happens. Because we are allowing her to have circles of influence and circles of fear of friends in here. And you guys, I need your help to raise a good kid. It takes a whole tribe of people to raise a kid. And we've got to position her and him in a place where they are continually set apart to accomplish the assignment that God has upon their life. And I will be hanged if that is ever stopped by me. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. That sounds kind of mean. But Adrienne took a video, was it three weeks ago? during worship of Abigail. We were up here doing our thing, having a good old time, and she looks at Abigail, and Abigail's doing this. Her body's shaking. And she starts videotaping it. I'm like, maybe you'll go on Funniest Videos later or something. What's going on with her? I don't know. And after service, I went to Abigail. Adrian showed me the video. I said, Abigail, I said, what were you doing? Why were you shaking? Like, were you cold? Like, we normally keep it cold in here, but like, were you cold or something? And she said, no. God's presence was so strong on me, I could feel it, and my body just shook, set apart. I will do what I can to keep that going. The, the second affirmation that we're going to look at, and then we're going to unflesh it a little bit, I briefly mentioned it. Number two, it doesn't fit the line because I had so much Bible text to just write small and make up other space. Number two, just because... I am not visible does not mean I am not valuable. That was worth coming right there. David was a cast out by his brothers and his father, but he was chosen by God. David was left out by man, but set apart by God. Your family will leave you out. Your family will come against you. Your family will speak bad about you. But your family does not dictate and determine who you become and who you are. 
God has set you apart to accomplish your assignment. It would have been real easy for David to get a complex about not being asked to come into the room. But here's the deal. I believe David was left out because God wanted to teach us something. You just because you don't see, you don't see in yourself or just because you see in yourself what others don't see in you, God knows who you are. God sees things in you. God is the one who promotes you. God sees what you were really made out of. If, if they would have been holding an election to nominate the next king of Israel, I assure you a 10 year old David would not been, a, been the one who they would have put into that office. God does not consult someone else regarding the plan for your life. God does not consult someone else for the plan for your life. So why are you listening to all the naysayers in your family trying to trip you up from what God's called you to do? Okay. Uh, Invisibility is not an indication of unimportance. David was not forgotten. Here's what I think. David was hidden. You see, you hide stuff that you really care about. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I know in my house, there's places in my house that I keep things that I don't want anyone to find. There's money, there's guns, there, uh, there's stuff, you know. You just going to go. That stuff is hidden. That stuff, don't call me in, cop. I didn't do anything. Two cops back there are calling me out. That stuff is hidden. Because I place a higher value on it. I imagine some of you have places in your house where you hide some jewelry. You hide, don't give it away, Abigail. Tell all our secrets and it's in the third shelf on the fourth cabinet. I'm just kidding. There's a place in your house where you hide stuff that's valuable. Whenever you're set apart, God has you hidden until it's time for him to call you out. That's that is good. I just came up with that one right now. We'll go back and watch it later and listen to it because I don't remember. That was good though. There are many of you that have things that you have been hiding that you place a great value on. David had to be hidden because God placed a great value on his life and the calling that was upon his life. So whenever you look at yourself, you say, God, why am I in the same place I've been for the last 10 years? It's because God has a higher value on you than what you see in yourself. And God has not yet anointed you to come out to go into the fullness of the destiny of God. Oh, God damn it. Okay, my mind is going in a thousand different places right now. In 1 Corinthians, the part of your body that we, that we don't see says it's more valuable than the parts that we do see. In other words, you can live without your pinky, but you can't live without your liver. You can live without your pinky, but you can't live without your liver. Just because it is invisible to you does not mean it is not valuable to the function of how you are to operate. There are three people in this room, or four people in this room, four people in this room every week that get here early. Bobby, Richard, 
Travis, Derek, they set out the video equipment, they set out the TV equipment, they set out all this stuff, they tear everything down, they're trying to figure out how sound works, how things are going live, how we're doing all this thing. Their position is invisible, but they are extremely valuable to the function of what God has called upon this church, so much so that there are people watching right now, and I'm not going to give their name out, there are people watching right now who have been told to me by family members that they are changing the alternative lifestyle that they've been living because they can watch online and they don't feel convicted to come. But I can promise you this, God is stirring in their hearts and you will see them walk through this door because God is moving because these four people back here, 16 different states every week watch in what's going on. Four different countries watch in every week what's going on because they are doing something that is valuable to the overall function but it's invisible to all of us in here. There are people who go and take care of the kids and do the coffee cart and make you feel welcome and hand you things. The position is invaluable. But oftentimes you feel like you are invisible. Just because you feel that you are invisible does not make you not valuable. David was tending to the sheep out in the field. His dad didn't even want him in the room. That would make you feel invisible. But God had him in hiding. Let's keep reading in Samuel 16, 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. If you're anointed, you don't need to tell people. (laughs) It will be obvious. Whenever you are anointed, do you think everyone in that room knew that David was anointed? They saw Samuel pour the oil upon David's head. You don't have to make yourself known when God is the one who is anointing you. In fact, those who come back and tell you that you're anointed, you're probably not. Okay, that's just me and my high horse. Let me get off my high horse. David has been anointed as king. I wanna skip a few verses to get to point three, and then next week I'm gonna come back to that verse. But David's been anointed as king, and you would think that that would be a good time for David to go get his robe. I'm going to be the next king. I'm going to get my crown, get fitted for my robe. Isn't that what we would do? Yeah, you're going to be the future king of Israel. What do you think you're going to do? I'm going to go back and get anointed. I'm going to go get my nice robe on. That that robe that I've been wearing, I bought off the rack, not anymore. I'm getting tailor fitted. I'm getting this thing custom fitted. But that's not what at all that happened to David. Let's look in the very next verse, verse 19, or three verse, six verses later. Therefore, Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me David, your son, who is with the sheep. David has been anointed as king, and he is back tending to the sheep. After you're anointed, you think that God is going to honor you and promote you, but really what God wants to do is send you back to the sheep. There's a reason why, which leads us to our third affirmation. From David being anointed. Write down number three. I don't need a better assignment 
to experience a greater anointing. That's so good. We always think that God's going to do more in our lives whenever there's a new anointing. Oh my goodness, the, I'm going to start a worldwide ministry. I'm going to go get a big job promotion. I'm going to go, someone's going to give me a car for free. Someone's going to give me a house for free. Someone's going to come and, and, and bless me. Someone's going to come and tell me, I'm so glad you're the most anointed person I've ever met. But we don't understand is that God wants you to have a greater anointing doing the same activity you were already doing. It is in the activity that you become skilled for the next assignment. Follow me. The anointing of God increases on your life so you can do what you were already doing, but doing it more effectively. And in that obedience and in that humility, God will begin to prepare you for the next assignment that he has for your life. David was anointed as king, but he was still getting dirty in the sheep field. The anointing is there to help you develop the necessary skills so when the time is right God will pull you out of the field and anoint you to be what he has called you to be don't wait for a better assignment go all in right where you're at right now and watch the anointing of God increase on your life because the anointing on your life has to become skilled and it will not become skilled unless you stay faithful to where God has put you right now look in your notes right now this I'm about to take off the field makes you fit for the fight the field makes you fit for the fight. If you, if you don't learn how to tend sheep when you're anointed, D- David would have never been able to take out Goliath. Spoiler alert, he took down the giant. But it was in the field that David learned how to take out a lion. It was in the field that David learned how to take out a bear. So many of you are trying to miss the progression of what God wants to do in the field. You're trying to fight Goliath and you still haven't beat your lion up. So it's time to get in the field and say, God, I'm anointed for this assignment and whatever it looks like, I'm going to do it with everything that's in me because greater is he that's in me so I will walk in everything that my life has because that's what the anointing causes me to do it causes me to walk in favor in the assignment and the things that I've been holding on to my life that I haven't let go of can no longer trip me up There are people who go years and years and years and say, God, how come you haven't used me beyond here? Let me tell you, you have not figured out the assignment in the area you are currently sitting in and God's still working on you to make you more equipped for the next assignment. Look what happens in verse B of verse 13. The Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. Look at this in your outline in green ink. This is the reason why you came today. The same anointing that was on David tending sheep is the same anointing, but a skilled anointing that would make him the greatest king Israel ever saw. David was tending to sheep, he became anointed, he went back to tending to the sheep. It was in the field that prepared David to fight the biggest fight. We all want the glory, but we don't want to go through the story. It was in the field that David learned how to use a sling. Which I just bought one. I want to show it to you guys next week. I bought a sling. Um, I'm going to practice on Terrence. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, I had you guys know Etsy you ever heard of Etsy 
So you can go on Etsy and they have the actual sling. I had to pay more for it. I may have got taken advantage of it, but that's fine. I really wanted one. And it's the actual, not like David's actual sling, but it would have been exactly like the one he would have used. Made out of the same stuff, the same shape, the same look, the same everything of what David would have used that, that took out the bear, the lion, and the big guy. So I'll have it, not next. I'll bring it. No, I'm not. Well, yeah, I don't know when I'll bring it. You got to come every week to maybe see it. It's kind of cool. He's not allowed to use it. Oh, over. <laughs> Inside joke, my kid shot my dog the first day he got a BB gun on accident. So <laughs> that's why he said that. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to say that. I'm so sorry, Matthew. We, we bought him a airsoft gun and it's not a very powerful one. And he's like, look what I can do. And he's out there and I'm like cocking it for him. He's like, pew. I'm like, man, good job. He's like, watch this one. Pew. And all of a sudden we see Maggie take off running. We're like, what in the world? And she happened to be videotaping, and that thing ricocheted off the fence and hit Maggie in the rear. That's our dog. And Maggie's, oh, oh, it's her going, it is airsoft, very light. Like, she didn't even know. I think she liked it. So David was 10-ish years old when he was set apart. The day you give your life to Jesus, Jesus comes to live on the inside of you, and from that day forward, you are set apart. Thank you for tuning in today. The most important decision you can make is making Jesus the Lord of your life. The Bible says that because we are born into sin, there needs to be a blood sacrifice to redeem us from the curse that that sin brought us into when we were all born. God wanted to give you the opportunity to live in eternity with him, so he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to be that blood sacrifice for you and I. You can choose to make Jesus the Lord of your life and choose heaven, or you can choose to make this sinful world we live in your standard of living and make hell the only option. If you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, we want to give you that opportunity right now. All you have to do is repeat these words after me. Say this, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I confess my sins and I repent of those sins. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make me a fully devoted disciple. If you just prayed that prayer, then you are saved. Congratulations on making that life-changing decision. Now is the next step. You need to start reading your Bible and get into a good Bible-believing church. You will find other people who've made the same decision that you just did, and you will help each other grow to become all that God has called you to be. If you just prayed that prayer, I want you to know that I am praying for you, that I am for you, but I need to know about it. If you would go to pathwaychurchok.com, that is pathwaychurchok, just the letters O and K, dot com, Send us a message and let us know you prayed that prayer and we'll send you some free resources to help you start your journey with Christ that you just started today. Thank you again for tuning in. Congratulations once again. We'll see you next time right here.